John, said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We told him to stop because he was not following us. Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly, I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. And then he said, if any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves then, and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. It's a lot of weird stuff in one gospel, right? First of all, I want to talk briefly about the limb-lopping, eye-gouging foot removal stuff. I'm not going to spend my whole sermon on it because I have done that before. We'll probably do it again someday, but I can't also just ignore it. This is always just a good, simple, timely reminder that we get to read scripture literally, not literally. In other words, no one in their right mind would argue that Jesus actually means for us to cut off our hands or remove our feet or pluck out our eyes. It's nothing more than attention-getting rhetoric from Jesus, and it works. Gets our attention, right? So if we don't have to take this bit of Scripture literally, it's okay to wonder about the rest of Scripture that way, too. That's your Bible study in worship this morning. Now on to what I really want to talk about this morning. I did church differently yesterday afternoon up in Noblesville with our friends at Roots of Life and Pastor Terry Ditzler. For those of you who don't know, Pastor Terry was called to Cross of Grace about nine years ago before being set free up in Noblesville to develop this new congregation, which we support still with a percentage of all of our building fund offerings. Well, Pastor Terry was installed finally as their pastor, even though she's been their pastor for the last eight years or so at this point. Takes a while. If you have to follow all the rules and follow all those steps and jump through all the hoops and meet all the expectations of the larger church to start a new ministry. And the funny, faithful thing about Pastor Terry and Roots of Life is that they aren't big at all on rules or on the steps, or on the jumping through hoops thing. And I love that about her, and about them, and about the ministry that they have created there. 
So when I say I did church differently, I mean we were outside at this place called Stony Creek Farms. Acres and acres of beautiful property that honestly looks more like some kind of a movie set than a church grounds. There's an old barn or two. There's an old house that Pastor Terry jokes about possibly being haunted. There's something like a greenhouse there, too, where the food was served and where I changed into my robe and stuff before worship. And there's this blue and white striped awning under which we worshiped. This is where Roots of Life calls home these days, Stony Brook Farms, where they gather for worship, where they do so much that looks differently than what a lot of us are used to. For instance, they call themselves Roots of Life community more often than they say that they are a church, it seems to me. They're into this new wild church thing, where they more deliberately connect with and care for creation and nature and where they work for environmental and social justice as deliberately as we are all supposed to do. The music yesterday was all bluegrass, a guitar, a bass, a banjo, I think, and songs you wouldn't find in any of our hymnals or here on Christian radio even. And... They tweaked the Lord's Prayer. <gasps> they said an alternative affirmation of faith instead of one of the three traditional creeds that we normally say. And they gave away grape jelly. And not just any grape jelly, but grape jelly that they had specially made and used the week before instead of wine or grape juice for communion. It's enough to make the liturgical police or the religious purists or a modern-day Pharisee or John in this morning's gospel lose their ever-loving minds. The other thing about Roots of Life is that everything is ish there, meaning worship starts at 9.30-ish. And yesterday's service started at 4 ish. And honestly, I'm wired more to be bothered by the ish factor than I am by any of those other liturgical offenses that I just mentioned, which is why all of this had me thinking about John and Eldad and Medad, actually, from this morning's gospel. See, there are plenty of church people who might think about Pastor Terry and about Roots of Life the way that John felt about whoever he saw casting out demons in Jesus' name. John and the other disciples tried to stop whoever that was, remember, because he wasn't following us, he said. In other words, maybe he wasn't doing it like you would do it, Jesus. Or he wasn't doing it like you taught us to do it, Jesus. He wasn't following all the rules, he wasn't keeping me up with the process. He wasn't meeting our expectations. He wasn't jumping through all those hoops, Jesus. But Jesus' instruction couldn't have been clearer. Jesus said, don't stop him. Whoever's not against us is for us. And then Jesus said, don't be a stumbling block, you knuckleheads. 
Do not for any reason whatsoever get in the way of these little ones who believe in me. I'd sooner see you throw yourselves into the sea with a giant millstone around your neck. Another example of Jesus' hyperbole and exaggeration to make his point. In other words, then, grace at all costs. Mercy at all costs. Forgiveness at all costs. Love at all costs. All this is to say, while Roots of Life is indeed cut from some of the same cloth as Cross of Grace, and Pastor Terry was very deliberate about extending gratitude for the ways we have shared in partnership with them over the years, we do things differently in our own unique, equally meaningful ways, too. There are plenty of people, honestly, who would have taken issue with some of what we do around here, just the same. Neither one is better or worse than the other, just different. Which is what I think Jesus means when he talks about having salt in ourselves. I think he means that salt is just salt. Its job is to taste like salt. It just has its flavor as God created it to taste. And there's no way to restore that once it's gone, except maybe by adding more salt. Roots of life is just roots of life. Cross of grace is just cross of grace. You're just you, and I'm just me. We're just as unique and special and sacred as God has created and called and blessed us all to be. And when we can acknowledge that about ourselves and celebrate that about ourselves, we can expect and accept and celebrate that truth about other people, too. When Jesus says, have salt in yourselves, then, I think he's saying, you do you people of God. Have salt in yourselves. And I can't know where each of you might be with that, discerning what your salt is, what makes you, you, what matters most for where you're at these days or where you'd like to be headed. I just know that God already and God always loves and blesses the salt that gives your life its most unique, authentic, holy, baptized kind of flavor and that God wants more of that for you and from you for the sake of the world. Where our life together at Cross of Grace is concerned, and for the partnership we share with places like Roots of Life and Zami Fanwa and Wernley Children's Home, I'm reminded of what matters most these days, of our salt and where we get our flavor, I mean. And that is our call to share grace at all costs, to be generous to a fault, to love radically always with no strings attached, and to help other people do the same to the best of their ability so that we can live at peace with, so that we can live in support of the many and various ways God calls us all separately and together to follow this Jesus, to be God's people and to do it all for the sake of the world. Amen.